family life can be both rewarding and frustrating. That is why we are here to strengthen families with quality information and support to meet the many challenges they face. Welcome to In Support of Families. Parents all over the world have been through the same trials that you are facing. Your host, Emma Lou Penrod, is here to help with valuable parenting tips for a happy, orderly home. Today I'm talking to Diane Tatum, and she is a mom, a business owner, an entrepreneur, a flight attendant, and globetrotter. Diane, welcome. Hi, thank you so much, Emma Lou, for having me. So nice to see your smiling face. And I love that you're a globetrotter. That tells me you have been places, probably more places than I've been. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Probably about close to about 99 countries, I guess. <laughs> wow. So how long, how long have you been doing that? How long have you been a flight attendant? I, well, I don't know if you, you probably remember Pan Am, Pan American Airways. Yes, uh, so I, I started with them. There was a little ad in the paper, the New York Times, and it said, travel the world, be a flight attendant. So I said, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to school. Yeah, I was going to school. Uh -huh. I just graduated and I thought, you know, I've always wanted to see the world and do it on someone else's dime was the only answer. So I went and it was an amazing experience. It was absolutely amazing. That was when, you know, back then when people would just travel in style and class and it just, it, it was an amazing experience. I believe it. I believe it. And I'm really interested in hearing about some of the unique experiences you've had in your travel. And especially because this is a podcast for families, how it has enriched your role as a mother in raising yeah. I mean, in, in every single, in every single way that you can think of, I mean, meeting the, your everyday families that would, you know, save up for an entire va vacation, whether it's to go to Disneyland or Las Vegas or to go to Europe to, um, the dignitaries at times when I would meet on some of the, um, flights. And those were pretty interesting because they were amazing people. I'll tell you a quick story too. Most recently I met, um, it's RFK Jr. And um, he's an amazing philanthropist. He's an amazing guy. You know, I just, he had so much to say, so much insight to offer. Um, but going back to just meeting families, um, there was another flight where I just recently had, um, the entire family had never flown before. They had never flown before. And uh, I made them feel very comfortable as best as I could. I talked them through the process. Um, and I had the captain even announce over the PA, welcome the, you know, their family name. And uh, it was their first flight and they were just so excited. Their faces lit up and, you know, I told them what to expect going on to the journey to the next connecting flights. And believe it or not, I saw them on the way back. Uh -huh. <laughs> vacation. I was the same, I was on the same flight pattern with them and they said how they did say, and not to pat myself on the back, but they did express how um, the experience that I presented for them and the, the reality was amazing. And I was the best flight attendant because <laughs> just, you know, 
they, they were really happy. They were really, really happy. I believe it. I yeah. believe it. Yeah. And then just with those experiences, um, when I'd come home and share stories with my son, um, with just meeting the everyday encounters, he, he was just fascinated by it. Um, he had a globe and what we would do every night, we would look at different places and talk about a different country, a different place. I made him memorize all the states, the four corner states, capitals. He hated it, but <laughs> he knew it all. And he would come home from school and he would say, mom, guess what? I knew the capital of so-and-so and my teacher didn't even know it. <laughs> and I said, see, um, I remember too, there was a time uh, we were in Paris and this was like maybe the, it was like 24 hours literally because that's how we would be able to travel. We'd call them rocket trips because it was just 24 hours and back from JFK to Paris or San Francisco to Paris. Um, and I came home and there was a letter in the mail from the school saying that he was absent one too many times. <laughs> and it was because we would travel a lot and I would take him to different places with me as much as I could. And I felt that that was the best experience for him to be able to see the world at a young age yeah. um, and, and bring it uh, to, into his life um, versus sometimes being in a classroom and learning out of the textbook and there's nothing you know not um, dismissing that but just the idea of going to someplace and going to get a croissant and a baguette and a, a cappuccino in Paris for 24 hours and coming back home I mean that's that was some days that was his reality not all the time but um, you know he we talk about it now that he's older he's like Bob I wish we could do that again <laughs> Well, and I know from previous conversations I've had with you that you have done a lot to instill in him a sense of identity. You've shared your core values with him. Yes, yes, yes. From a very young age, um, well, first let me say this. We are of myself and my son. We, our entire family is of mixed race. Um, his dad, my ex-husband is Italian, so he's an Italian-American. And, and I... I, I don't like saying that hyphenated, American hyphenated, whatever. You're an American, you're a man, woman, um, whatever your heritage is. I, I just don't like that label. I feel like it, now it categorizes you, it puts you in a box, you're compartmentalized. Um, but that's just me, that's my emotions. And for my son, I didn't want him to have that complex. Um, and so he, he looks, he looks exactly like me, but I guess you would call him the Caucasian white version of me. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm of a uh, mixed race myself, so I'm half black, half white as well. And, um, but when people see us, they, they try to figure out, is that your brother, your sister, your girlfriend? They can't quite put it together, but they know we're related. And uh, one time, one of his friends asked him, he said, dude, you didn't tell me you had a whole older sister. Hook me up, man. <laughs> and... But anyways, um, from a young age, I didn't want him to go about the rest of his life feeling or having feelings of, well, I'm this or I'm that. I'm both. I'm both my mom and I'm both my, my dad. And uh, they both have different backgrounds. And that's all what he is, is um, from both sides. Um, 
and I, I tell him stories about my, uh, his dad's side of the family too. They came through Ellis Island. We all came through Ellis Island and ended up where we all ended up. So, you know, there were Italians that came over too. With my family, there were British that came through Ellis Island, down the Panama Canal and up through the Caribbean to give you just a little bit of backstory too. And so he, with him, there were times when he would go to school and he would be called zebra, just whatever. I just speak everything. And he would come home and say, they said this, they said that. I said, well, you know, you tell them what I've taught you, you know. Um, we are, we believe in God, we believe in Jesus. And um, that was the one thing for me that I knew it was going to be a struggle. Like anything else, life is a faith walk. You have to have faith, whatever it is that, you know, you're doing in life, you have to believe that it, it's going to be, you know, positive thinking, whatever, whatever you believe. Uh, it, you, you, you believe that whatever is going to happen. It's going to be good. The outcome will be good. So with my son, um, he would say, he would ask questions. And with your kids, it's like, once they start asking questions, I think you should really answer them as best as you can, depending on, of course, obviously what age they are. And so with when it came to his heritage and things like that, well, okay, so let's break it down. I'd say, you know, well, first of all, one of his friends asked him, Hey, you know, dude, why is your, why is your mom brown and you're white? And, you know, I was there, I was picking him up after school and I said to him, I said, well, we're all crayons in a crayon box and, you know, God liked this color for me. And so he, he, he gave it to me and I love it. And, um, so I would keep it simple and then uh, I would try to find the best positive distraction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so it would be something like, well, let's go skateboarding. I know you, how much you like to go skateboarding and we leave, we live relatively close to the beach. So I'd say, well, let, do you want to go surf? I'll watch you surf. And so, um, that was an outlet for him. Um, I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, I'll do my best. I, I just use the best positive distraction as much as I can. Okay, well, let's read this book. Let's, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's read the newspaper today. At the time, you know, you, you would read the newspaper. Well, looks, let's look for some positive things. Let's look at the art um, from the, the photos that we would take um, on trips that we went to museums and things like that. Um, so try to educate him culturally on a different broad spectrum of things you know does that make sense to it you? does I, i'm seeing the analogy of looking at a rose you can concentrate on the the thorn or you can concentrate on the flower exactly. and you were distracting him from the thorn and saying but look at this beautiful flower because exactly. there is more to life than what other people think of us or and it is yeah. unfortunate that you know, we, sometimes we feel judged based on our appearance and, right. and how, how wrong that is. A person is much more than their physical and, you know, appearance. Yeah. And people are people look. And, I, you know, people are always going to look at you if they think you look different. You go to the airport, yeah. what do people do? They sit and they watch each other. They stare at one another. I do it. You do it. It's yeah. just something. It's just, it's natural. It, it just comes naturally. And and I would tell him, I said, you know, son, they're just looking at you because they see just this handsome, amazing, sweet person. And that's what you, 
you um, exude. And so uh, be confident in that. You have a Roman nose. Be confident in that. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with the Roman nose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it and sounds so like you instilled in him, and you must have learned it yourself. You must have been taught this or developed it on your own to yes. love your body, love the way you look and, and your yes. heritage and accept that. And I had to. I had to. My grandmother, um, I love her to death even still. She's been gone for quite some time now. As a matter of fact, this week was um, her anniversary of her passing. But I would watch, when I'd come home from school, there were two things I used to watch. It was MTV and uh, Style on CNN with uh, Elsa Clinch. And probably most people don't even know that anymore because this was so long ago. This was 80s. And I would watch that. And I would take from both of those TV shows what I liked and what, you know, was suiting for me. Both was art, style, fashion. And those are the things that helped shape my own identity and who I wanted to be. And they were all positive things to me. Granted, not all of the visuals and that platform had uh, mix mulatta, you know, women on, on there as a platform. Um, but that was okay because I, I, I customized it. I made it for me. And uh, I remember there was only one shade of lipstick that I totally loved from Revlon. It was called the Revlon Red. And I wore that in high school all day, every day. And I remember when the first Sade album came out and I was like, aha, she looks like me. Yes, I can identify with that person because she looked like me and she was very elegant and 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 and, and exude like all the art and all the things that I knew that I, that attracted me to being a nice, uh, elegant woman, just, you know? Mm -hmm. but, yeah. You know, obviously the media plays a lot into and shape our lives, especially now these days. But with my son, I just, like you said, I focused on the things that were positive about him. I'm like, you know, um, just look at the good in everything. Look at the good in people. That That's... I think, um, and again, going back to, I can bring it back to the Bible. I mean, no one's perfect, but we do our best to love one another and forgive and just see past. Sometimes, you know, it's like a dog. You got to just scratch some dirt on it and walk away. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I think that is a very healthy attitude to have and to teach to your children. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, he would come home, he got beat up. And like I said, he got called names, but I said, it's okay because what we have to do is forgive them. I mean, um, like myself now too, with my cousin, you know, she was going back and forth with a couple of things um, with uh, heritage and race and everything. And, you know, she had both parents, she had a formal education, everything that it looks like in a perfect family, both mom and dad, you went to the best schools and whatever, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have common sense to see the other side or respect the other side of someone's thoughts. Um, and, and to just listen and to see where the other side is coming from. I think that's what's important. And that's what I taught my son um, is to love himself first, love one another and forgive. And he can tell you himself and he's shared with me most times like mom, you know, I'm so glad that you taught me this or I'm so glad we didn't have a ton of money because 
look at my rich friends, they're all on drugs and they don't, they're just completely lost. And he goes, I'm so glad I'm not like that. I mean, granted, I'm, I'm sure he smokes pot or whatever, but you know, like every high school kid does. But um, it was funny when he said that to me, um, he was, he, he said, you know, mom, I'm really thankful for that. And so that, that made me feel good. Um, but still, you know, he gets it now. Um, he told me the other day, somebody called him Mexican, go back to Mexico. And he was like, dude, I, but I'm not even Mexican. I, I, I don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that traveling the world as you have, you've probably encountered a lot of that people, you know, making judgments on you based on your heritage. And oh, yeah. And you told me you were raised by your grandparents, right? Yes. Yes, I was. And same thing coming from them. It's not about what you look like on the outside. It was the main thing they, ta they taught me. Uh, it was about character. And I think it still is. Um, I've gotten beaten up at school for defending white kids at school. Um, and, 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 and they were black that I got, you know, that the black kids beat me up for defending the white kids. And, and I was like, am I wrong? I said, it, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. It, it's just wrong. You don't do that. You don't bully. You don't, you don't pick on people, you know, um, but traveling. Yes. And it, it's so funny because, and I'll say this real quick. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. Mm -hmm. I, there's been many times where I've been on the aircraft. I'll tell you a couple of stories real quick. Um, I had a cross, I was wearing a cross, and a gentleman, when he was leaving the airplane, he said to me, he goes, you will never be allowed in my country wearing this cross. And I thought to myself, wow, okay, you felt the need to say that, but thank you, have a nice day for sharing. I, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, I consider myself, I, I, I study uh, Hebrew, and I have a um, high necklace as well, and I have a cross, and, and, um, some people they see it and they make a beeline like I'm Frankenstein or something. And, you know, it, it's crazy. It's crazy when you're in some of these different countries, but to me, America, it, it's the most friendliest place on the country. I've been to mainland China. And when I got home and I got through customs, I literally kissed the ground because it's just, you felt day. You feel like it's more accepting here in the United States. Oh, absolutely. You can be you you can be your own victim in the United States and it's okay. <laughs> isn't it isn't that the case? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's okay, and no one judges you. I mean, um it's it, it's 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 unbelievable. Um most I, I think we can say for the most part, you know, people are generally nice. Yeah. I think so, you know, but there's other countries where they enslave today their own people. And, you know, I won't name them. I've seen them and, I, and, I, and I've seen some of the atrocities and the craziness and it's just absolutely horrible. And, you know, I, to me, my opinion outside of Israel, there's no other country on the planet that's like United States in the history of the world. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah. I I feel very good about living yeah. here. I'm glad. Yeah. You I can say that. just about anything you want now these days. Yeah. And, 
Yeah. It, you know, it's, it, it, yeah, it's, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, we have so many freedoms here in the United States and, you know, you can want, you can turn on your TV and see the media and all the things and with immigration or whatever, and the people trying to get here. I was in, um, uh, in Asia late fall last year and um, I was in a city called, it's Lao and it's Luampabang. So it's a, a UNESCO city and it's an amazing place. It's beautiful. The people are very nice. They're welcoming. And um, my friends there said to me, they, the first thing they said, you were, oh, you're an American. You're so rich. We want to go to America because everyone in America is so rich. And I thought, wow, is that how they see us? I, I was floored and I thought, well, no, I work, you know, almost 24 hours a day sometimes to get by. You don't get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. that's that was their idea or their um, perception of yeah. America and Americans. Yeah. You know? and yeah. It, no. It's crazy. Yes, it is. Now, you made another comment when we were talking before about how important it is to have a sense of identity to feel good about who you are and and you Absolutely. know whether you were born in this country or another yes you feel good yeah. about yourself and your heritage you made the comment that well about how yeah the identity what happens if yes. you have that yeah I think, and then, you know, to expound on it, I, I think having an identity really is a foundation. It, it's a foundation. It's a complete foundation because as you know, you, you have a house that has obviously a foundation. If, it, if there's cracks in it, you have to fix it. Okay. But I think having a, a strong identity and being unmovable in that sense, um, it, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You know, it's like, my grandmother used to say, it doesn't matter you if there's a hurricane or Armageddon, you have to take care of yourself, mind, body, and soul. And um, when people see that, it, first of all, it attracts people to you because it's that energy and they, they, they want to know, well, what's, how come she's so positive? How come she's always smiling? How come she seems to always be happy? You know, and going back to that identity, um, that was the one thing that I wanted my son to have. And not be just a hyphenated Italian American with a black mom or whatever you want to call it, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. And that was important to me. And like I mentioned to you, and I'll say this, you, you know, everything that we saw on TV with the black community and seeing the destruction and the, you know, not so positive Im images, the first thing I thought uh, that came to me was that these are fatherless children. These are, these are children who, a generation, we can go there, uh, that didn't have a father figure or the father figure was there, but it wasn't a positive one. And so they're a product of their environment. You know, my son, he was like, mom, yeah, they got all their PPP, their Prada, Puma, and Panasonic, <laughs> you know, when they were looting. And I said, you better not go out there. He goes, mom, come on. You know, but, and I think that's so important for children. It doesn't matter 
who, who or what they look like. They have to have a sense of identity. And, and without that, then they're left to destructive behavior. I don't know, you know, yeah. drugs, alcohol. I think you're exactly right. And if it's, you know, again, as you have been talking about, a positive identity, they, they believe in themselves. They see the positive, the good. They see the flower, not the thorn about their heritage and about who they are. And they have this, I am an honest person. I'm, I have integrity. I care about other people. Yeah. One time I was, I remembered I was in, I was in France. I'll say the country. I was in France. And this is when, uh, this was a few years ago. I think it was, um, it was right around the great recession and they, they called us cans. They hated Americans at the time. I don't know if they still do, (laughs) but um, we were at a restaurant and we were waiting to be served. And I guess it was when we, we started speaking, um, they just didn't serve us. And I, and I, you know, I went over to the, the, the head waiter and I said, you know, we're just waiting for service. He goes, Oh, Americans. Oh, and I was like, Oh, wow. And then the other lady said, Oh, we thought you were from Ethiopia. We thought you were Ethiopian. They thought I was from Ethiopia. And I was like, wow. So if I didn't say anything, you know, if I didn't speak and they didn't hear my voice and attribute it to being American and not say anything, they thought I was from, you know, Africa, Ethiopia, they would have came over and we would have had service, but they never served us. We left the restaurant, but you know, it, it's crazy. It, it, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. Yes, it I, is. I don't know. And it's, and it's, and you know, you go to different countries and they're not necessarily like fighting over the color of your skin. You know, they're fighting over the land and borders and things like that. So I guess every, the human race is fighting. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know, but I love what your vision is for the future. I mean, the, based on the way you raised your son and the yes. way you're living your life, yes. what do you see? What, what, I, what future do you see for us, for the world? Well, I think it, it comes back to the nuclear sense of family. Mm-hmm. I think because, you know, again, we are all product of um, our environment and I think the foundation, having a strong identity as far as children, I think, you know, the adults have to make the commitment. It's about the commitment to the children and the community um, and, and going forward with the future. I also, again, I'm a firm believer in God, Jesus Christ. And I think um, in my mind and what I know and what I read and what I study, um, that's the firm foundation. That is the firm foundation. And I think here in the United States, I know that we've taken out God from our schools and everything else. And so what do you have left? Um, I, I, I think to say, um, okay, he, here's this, here's this. I was in Italy and I love this story too. These guys that came up to me, I was looking, we were near the um, Vatican wall and we were looking for the entrance. And, and if you've ever v- been to Vatican City, first of all, it's a separate city in itself outside of Italy. And it's the greatest wall you'll ever see. It's probably, just, you know, 
China has their wall too. And um, it's a huge wall. You can't scale it. You can't go get over it. And there's a vetting process to get in to Vatican City. And here's the same thing. Heaven, if you believe in heaven, um, and this is what I share with my son too, heaven has a wall. There's a gate and there's a vetting process to it as well. And you just can't just just show up and let me in, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was in mainland China, the same thing. There's a wall, there's the border, and they almost didn't let me back over onto the Hong Kong side because they, my passport at the time, my hair color was different. And, you know, security pulled me over and whatever. And it's the same thing. I was in Israel. They swore I was Palestinian. And I had to show them my necklace. They said, no, no, I'm Jewish. No, no, no. You know, and look at my passport. And then there's some Palestinians that don't even look like Palestinians. There's Mexican people that don't even look like, you know, your typical Mexican, or at least what the, let's just say this, what the media shows, right? Yeah. And so what's, what's a country without a wall? You know, then you, what's, you know, then you have no sovereignty, then you have no government, no rules. And it's the same thing with your kids. And that's bringing it back to my son, their rules, their walls, their boundaries, and they're in place for a reason. And I think once you comprehend that and how you fit into all that, you know, life can be miserable for you or, you know, you can take what you need and make the best of it, you know. Um, but going forward, I, it's going to take a lot of work for us as a community, as Americans. I, I think it starts in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I, guess I, I also, I know we talked about, I have a Rottweiler. I'm on my second one. And I've been experiencing social distancing, <laughs> you know. For a long time when you have a Rottweiler and she's considered a bad breed, but I always tell my friends, no, no, she has a, you know, personality complex. She thinks she's a poodle, (laughs) you know, but I I don't know that there is one answer because it's so complex. And here's, here's something. So with my makeup and my skincare, you know, when I joined uh, four years ago, the company that I'm with right now, Arbonne, they didn't have a lot of colors for my shade, if you will. And sometimes, yeah, I feel like a, a forgotten shade, but I'm not going to let it stop me. If I need to mix it up and mix things and blend things and come up with my own cocktail, then great. That works for me. I'm happy. Um, it, it's just, what was I going to say? I just kind of lost my train here, but it's going. Sounds, it sounds like, you're not allowing anyone else to define you or to determine your happiness. It sounds like you're going to find your own happiness and you're going to be who you are. That's right. We're responsible for our own happiness. We are. And, and, and you can say this too. It's, it's, um, uh, we just are, we're responsible for our own happiness. And I'm not gonna let just somebody say, well, you're this or you're that, so you have to be. No, that's, that's, that's not true, that's not right. I have you know, freedom and liberties, just like everything else. Just like when my cousin just threw out the Article 5 of the Constitution, I'm like, but wait a minute, that, that I'm, but I am free. I'm free, first of all, I'm a part of the human race, I am free. 
and I'm not going to enslave my mind or be ensnared or entrapped with whatever happened in the past. Because in, if you ever read your Bible in Deuteronomy and other places, it says that we are not responsible for the sins of our fathers. And I know you've seen it in movies and things like that. So when we loose those chains and, and not be bound by the sins of your fathers, and you can bring it down to the family. So if your dad is a drug addict or, or uh, whatever, are you going to be a drug addict? And I can say this to my mom. She was not there. But I vowed to myself that if I had children, I would be there. I would tell them that I would love them every day and be the best that I could be. And I didn't want to be who I knew she was. I, I didn't want that. So that was my promise to myself Yeah, for my, for my son. Does that, you know what I mean? Yes, it does. So what if, and to me, the future is a community where families are teaching this, taking responsibility for your own life, choosing your own happiness. Right. And if you had a community and then maybe a nation based on individuals with that identity, what would that right. be like? Right. Um, well, I, I, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about this word because it's, I think now these days it's been hijacked and I never like saying hijacked either, but the word would be tolerance. So it would look like tolerance, you know, <laughs> and, and, but I, I think that word has been sort of contaminated, if you will, just like all the other hashtags have been hijacked. I, I feel personally, um, if you hear that, that's my Rottweiler. That's Stella. Sorry. <laughs> she says hi. Uh -huh. Um, you know, it's, it's tolerance. It's like this. It's like, so when you see me and, and, and you're walking with your baby carriage or your, your, your kids, you know, and you make a big beeline because you see someone that looks like me with a Rottweiler, then, you know, what does that make you or what does that make me? I'm just simply walking my dog. And, you yeah. know, it, the images have already associated, been associated with the negative. So I think what it also looks like is images and platforms. Does it make, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Does it look like including everyone rather than putting them into groups. You made another interesting comment that when you're a flight attendant and there's a crisis, do you want to save just part of the passengers or do you want to save all of them? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and in training, you know, they don't teach you about, one class of people or one nationality or, or, or one or the other. It's about everybody. It's about, you know, I'm looking out for, for you, um, the lady with the cane, the blind guy, it doesn't matter. I don't see, and that's how I've always been. And that's how my grandparents taught me. I don't see color. We don't, we don't, we don't do that. It was just something that my grandmother instilled in me. You, there's no color. It's a person and you love them just like we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. Yes. And again, that's what I try to teach my son um, is that, and I'm, this isn't me tooting my own horn, but 
you know, I, I try to help as much as I can wherever I can. And, and that makes me feel good about myself. Um, it, it's just, I think it's also about being selfless, you know, and, and I think with our culture now, I think everybody's consumed with self. Yeah. And like I said, you know, I mentioned to my cousin the other day about all lives matter and the vitriol and the hate that I felt from the response that I got from her. It really hurt. It, it hurt me. It hurt me. I went to bed in tears because mm. it's not how I feel and it's not how I see things. And it's certainly not the way that I taught my son uh, to see the world, if you will. Yes. You know, and I think if we all take off our hate glasses or our one group glasses and just love. Yeah. 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 Oh, I yeah. love it. I, oh, yeah. Diane, I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. It's, and I'll say this too. And in all my life, all my life, Emily, I have always, it's either been, you're not enough, you're not white enough to pass for white and you're not black enough for the black community. Does it make sense? And if you accepted that? that identity, how different your life would have been than it is now because you accepted a much more positive identity. Yes, you and, are. And for most people who, who are struggling with their identity, I, I feel like it becomes a cancer. Yes. It, it completely becomes a cancer. Look, I grew up a Michael Jackson fan. I love Michael Jackson. I still love Michael Jackson. And you can go on the internet and Google him and all the different images of what he looked like comes up. And for me, when I see that, first of all, I'm not judging him because I, I, don't, I don't know him. And I don't know what his struggle was, but the feeling or the consensus that I got is he struggled with something. Yeah. Yeah. Struggle with something. I don't know what it is and I will not, and I'm not an expert. I'm not a scholar on, and I'm not psychologist, but I, I can tell that he obviously struggled with something. Yes. And so whatever it was, it festered and festered and, and it, it just manifested itself into whatever. And, and, you know, his fans miss him. <laughs> so, yeah. but anyways, but I see that. And, and again, going back to my son, you know, I didn't want him to have any of those complex. So I tried my best and the main thing and the takeaway in the future is just to just, just try our best to focus on the positive things, the things that we are doing good as a community, because I think people are just starved for positive news, for good news, for anything good. You yes. know? You've shared a lot of good news. I, I yeah. love your messages. Um, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So what are you doing now? Well, right now I'm, um, I'm, I've always been in this, uh, this is a, it's attributed to my grandmother. I've always been with, uh, obsessed with uh, self-care. And that includes eating right. She'd say, you know, if it's not from the dirt, don't eat it. <laughs> um, uh, she was a very organic person. And so she instilled all those qualities in me. And like I told you before, you know, she'd say, it doesn't matter. It could be a hurricane outside or Armageddon. Don't ever let yourself go. Take care of your beauty, your hair, your smile, everything, your skin. That's all your beauty because that's what people see. 
Yes. And that's another thing too, that's a part of our identity. So when you see, let's take it to the category of women. You see women at the airport, you can see who takes care of themselves and who took the time to walk out the house and check the mirror twice before they walk out the yes. house. That's and true. you know, there's, there's styles and there's trends, but you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, and that's okay. There's something for everybody. But um, I am an independent consultant with Arbonne International, and we help people flourish in mind, body, and skin. And uh, during my downtime now, I'm not flying just because of um, everything that's happened. Um, so a lot of the borders are still closed, and so the demand for traveling has gone down, but it'll come back, and I'm looking forward to it. But I have an online skincare business. And we have something for the entire family. Um, I'm obsessed with uh, the toothpaste right now. It's so good. I love it. <laughs> um, and skincare and all that. Um, they basically take the best of science and the best of nature and they make a combination where it's pure, safe, and beneficial. Um, I struggle with adult acne and eczema. And I found this company uh, about... Four years ago, I had just got off a, a trip and a friend invited me to one of these to um, discover Arbonne parties. And I said, first of all, I'm not buying anything. <laughs> and I said, because I could go to duty free, show my um, airline ID and get a, a nice discount on some of the um, more luxury cosmetic lines. And it was good, but it was mashing up my skin. It was just tearing it apart. Um, flying just ages you. It just tears your skin apart. If you've ever been on an airplane and you wash your hands with the water, you can just tell. You, you know right away it's not good. So I went with her and um, she introduced me to the products and it had me at hello. And I just, I love their business motto. They're very inclusive. They have something for everyone. They practically pretty much have a shade for everyone, <laughs> if you will. So there's no forgotten shades out there. Uh, sometimes I still mix colors, but that's just me. I'm a mixology person. So, <laughs> and nicely you can do that. Make it you. Yes, exactly. Customize it. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And um, I like to say, you know, you have to overcome your excuses. You know, mm -hmm. you, you have to be stronger than your excuses. Yes. Yes. All I'm right. Well, I'm going to have your links on my page for anyone awesome. who wants to have more contact and get to know you better. And yes. Diane, I have a lot of admiration for you for what you do. And well, your skin products, you <laughs> are the best ad for your skin products. <laughs> Thank you. Skin looks and I, I, yeah, I, you know, it's so funny. Thank you. I, I had a huge birthday this year and it was supposed to be fabulous and we know what goes with fabulous and it's not happening but I said that's okay I'm still going to be fabulous <laughs> yeah yeah that's great that's great all right well thank you so much Diane and well, I appreciate you thank you so much and thank you for all your hard work and your dedication to what you do as well because it's an inspiration to other women uh that are um, just across different age group and color and, and socioeconomic, just whatever you're doing it too. And, and it's about women helping a community of other wealth of other women. So I'm most appreciative of you as well. So my, I, I am so grateful and I'm honored to have spent this time with you.
Yep, let's just get as much positive energy out there as we can. I feel it oozing off the screen. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you have a great day. Thank you, my love. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. We have just concluded another episode of In Support of Families. If you enjoyed the show and found it valuable, we appreciate you leaving us a review or recommending us to your friends. For more helpful resources, visit our website at insupportoffamilies.com. Join us again next week, and thanks for listening.